1: And I'm Lofty Fulton, and I'm out of here. Hey, it's been a while since we talked about our old mate Jason Furman.
2: Uh, Has he paid his bills? He has paid his bills. Oh, okay. So we should record him a new ad. Surely Um, he has a website now? uh, No, he does not. Oh. uh, Maybe he's provided a direct phone number people can order through? Uh, I'll just check. Nope, no phone number either. I like the way that you're actually pretending to look whether he has provided... (laughs) So if you want to get in contact with Dation, you still have to do that through Facebook. It's uh, Ainswick Dogquip, E-I-N-Z-W-E-C-K. Jason can hook you up with all the things you might be interested in getting, the Fireport Mills, which a lot of people are getting and loving. Mm. He has Herm Springer products, if you're into those. Yep. He has balls, leashes, tugs. Yep. And at the moment, he has a 10% discount on all Canine USA products. That's pretty cool. And I believe he's got a lot
1: of the other stuff that you can use to compete in GRC as well, such as the sleds and the mm.
2: spring poles. Yeah, that's correct. He yeah. sure does. Well, it's so great That's a sport that. taking the world by storm. Yeah. So if you're into that or you just like train your dog, having a good time, have a chat to Jason on Facebook at einswick Dog Quip. Yep. Send him an inventory via Messenger
1: and get your gear. <laughs> get a website, Jason, you bozo. Yeah.
2: Welcome back to the Canine Paradigm. I'm your host, Pat Stewart. I'm joined in studio this time by my co-host, Glenn Cook. And today we have two guests in the room, which is pretty exciting. Returning for his second time, Mr. Bart Bellin, And we also have in a room who's just been over for the Silver School all the way from Canada, Mark LaPointe. Gentlemen, thanks for coming in. Thank you both very much for coming in. But you are
1: still the most listened to and most downloaded person on our podcast. Why? (laughs) <laughs> I think it was the, you know what I think it was? I think it was the Uncle Boomlala book. I think that all of a sudden their press station lit up and people started saying, why do people want to find this book again? So it was actually funny last time you were on the show and you were talking about Uncle Boomlala, I went off and found the the actual copy of it because I thought this sounds like a really strange book, like a book that I've never ever heard of before. And uh, there it was, Uncle Boomlala and his seven magnificent dogs or something like that. So we actually put a... A picture of it in our Canon Paradigm book club. Yeah, and uh, yeah, they they're probably wondering why people want reprints of it all of a sudden. Bart Bellon made it famous
0: again. That was long ago, huh?
2: Yeah, yeah. So it's a bit over a year since you were on the show last time because it was when you were here for the school last year.
0: I think it was just over a year. I think it was a little bit before April. Yeah yeah so yeah just over a year because um, michael and i were in the high negotiations of purchasing martin system I yeah remember that so yeah yeah
2: and i guess that's something for sure we should talk about Definitely. Is that 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 happened it's
0: significant well it did happen yeah <laughs> if michael and i write the book about that i think that the movie dallas is about little children oh really <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah
1: So how are you finding it? I mean, you're involved in Martin Systems in the principal effect that you created a better, well, what we consider a better remote training system. So you had a vested interest in it, but now you're actually the proprietor of it. So
0: yourself and Michael actually own the business. Yes. Michael and I are 100% shareholders of the company. Yep. And um, if 10 years ago we would have that opportunity... And certainly me, I was not ripe for that step. Yep. So I feel like a fish in dog trainer environment. And I never had that big dream anymore. Yeah. Mm. In the meantime, it's written on our bodies. So we are quite happy. Yeah. I mean,
1: you are a bit of a, not a bit of a, you are very much somebody who is quite inventive. I mean, you'd have to be to come up with the concept of the chameleon. Considering you like to tinker with things, is it something that you're happy with, the direction that you're, you want to go
0: in and that, that's finalized for you now? Like you're thinking... Yeah, we are happy the direction it goes, but you cannot go the speed you want. Yeah. So it's the wish is one thing, the reality is the other thing. Yeah. And Michael and I were very deeply involved in Martin's system before mm. because we did, license a product from them and then when the family the allied family group came to us allied family which has 85 percent of the shares they came to us to see if we were interested in the company michael and i had even no choice we could we could not say no because we did put a lot of money in the license already Mm. and in moldings and so on and so on so we, we had to find a way to purchase it for our own future. Well,
1: that's right. It's a bit of an evolution really, isn't it? There's no point in going down all that track, getting all the, um, everything in place and then f- handing it over for somebody else to take the rights to it after you've just done it all.
0: Well, let's say like this, the train rolls for the moment and we are very curious to see the future. What it is now, it's about forecasting, forecasting, and forecasting. Yep. And keeping everybody happy. So how many staff have you got there now? Like what's the what's the actual warehouse look like? Well, it's a house. Yep. It's an old farm that Michael and I did purchase with the company. Mm-hmm. And if people ask us, how did you start? Well, we did start by cleaning the first room <laughs> <laughs> by room by room there was no other plan yep and there michael is more stubborn than i am she has a working dynamism you cannot believe for example today you guys ask her to be on the podcast but she preferred to go working today because we are submerged by working yep and what people don't realize is that we drive every day 90 minutes to martin systems and every day we drive back 90 minutes home Mm -hmm. right and We could stay there in a hotel or apartment. And now I speak for me. Me, I like the driving because during the driving, nobody can go on my nerves. Yeah. (laughs) I call who I want because I have 4G the whole road. So in the morning, it's more the Australian call, for example, local calls. And then in the afternoon when I, in the evening, when I drive home, it's more the USA market that, We try to reach via 4G, so Messenger, FaceTime. For the moment, Michael and I are still the owners that are very approachable by the end consumer. Mm. If we can keep up this, this rhythm, that's another question because it starts to be hard to try to answer everybody with good questions, boring questions, frequently asked questions. So maybe we must really make videos with facts Frequently ask questions that people, because daily you answer ten times the same things, eh? Mm. But it's a question of organizing. Well, especially when you're rolling out new models too. I mean, now that you've got the new
1: Chameleon Three that's hit the market, that's obviously something that people want to know about. And how does that differ from the
2: Chameleon Two, and so on and so on. Well, let me jump in. I want to. We've come into the room without much of a plan. So what I want to go back to and talk about, Bart, if it's okay with you, is your time when you were a consultant and your ideas around the e-collar that as a dog trainer were never implemented and how the how and why the Martin Systems gear is dog trainers gear designed by dog trainers. So I've said on this show many, many times, and I'll make a compelling case, and I can hold your pocket while you're in the room, that I've said often that <laughs> you're arguably the best dog trainer around in your discipline for sure around the world. And you've invented and designed a collar over a number of years. And as far as I know, you're the only dog trainer that's got a collar on the market. So can we talk about, let's say, for example, let's start with the finger kick. Tell us about the evolution of that. The idea that you wear a ring that talks to your collar, ultimately ends up talking to the collar. Tell us about how
0: that came to be. Can I have the luxury to tell you a little bit about InnoTech, yeah. which was in the late 80s, the company by excess that did change the world of the e-collar. Mm-hmm. And the owner from InnoTech, Mr. Greg Van which is today the CEO from e-collar technology, was there, the very dynamic person together with his sales manager, Steve Gill. InnoTech in those days had a very small little transmitter that has never, never been beaten until now. It was the Free Spirit 602. Small, the range about 200 meters, enough levels, all in one button. That transmitter has never been bettered. Then due to whatever reasons, InnoTech has been sold to other companies. Mm-hmm. And at the end, it came in the hands of radio systems. But before it came in the hands of radio systems, it was still in the hands of Greg Van Curen and the manager Steve Gill. And I remember very well, I was always asking for, hey, we need more gear, we need a little bit more support from the company. And then Steve Gill told me, Bart, you must make a pro staff team. I never forget that. And a pro staff team was a team of e color fanatics, people that like to use the gear. And I said, yeah, but who's going to pay for that? Well, you should give seminars and people will pay you for that. I could not believe that. And I think that Steve Gill also could not believe that, but I was out of his <laughs> bag, <laughs> scratching for money. And by accident, well, we managed to make money with, with telling the, the story of e color training. And then later, when the company was sold to Radio Systems, me, and I had a contract with Inotech, I came on the contract from Radio Systems, which is a very big, strong company, but they had their goals already set, and I had the feeling that they just paid me to be a little bit the Marlboro guy on the package of cigarettes, or it's like uh, old, very successful boxer that is not boxing anymore that they hire in las vegas in a casino to just shake hands and so on and so on Mm -hmm. because yes they paid me in those days but they were not interested in the story you had to tell to them it's a company with other big interests and now i understand better why they did not go for the crazy ideas and then after that, I went to consult Martin system. And Charles Martin, the old owner, a bird hunter and a hunter with dogs, I told him, Charles, we need a ring on the finger so that we have hands free. And he did not believe in that idea. And then I said, okay, can you make me a wire that goes from the tiny trainer in those days already because that tiny trainer, I did do a market investigation for radio systems in those days. Who had the best transmitter on market? And for me, after all my tests, the tiny trainer came out number one mm-hmm. for different reasons. Of course, a big American company did not like to hear that.
2: Yeah, yeah, that l- tiny little Belgian company that was really yeah. more focused in
0: the bird work than the dog work yeah. had the best transmitter. Yeah. And, well, I felt like they did not like what I told them, but it is what it is. Anyway, Charles did make that cable wire push button. And we called it, I think, the hands-free transmitter HFT. And the first month, via the BCBB shop, which was my personal shop in those days, we did sell 200 pieces a month. And then... I think that for the level of Charles Martin, that was a lot. And then he decided immediately to go for the Bluetooth finger kick, which became immediately a success. And then the problem of every owner of a company is, do we introduce that Bluetooth technology on every transmitter, or do we only introduce it on one transmitter? What the big public should understand is that to make a transmitter Bluetooth compatible, you add about 7% cost to the transmitter, 7% in fabrication cost. That means high end, your transmitter becomes much more expensive. Mm-hmm. And then the question is, can you still sell your transmitter if people don't want the finger kick at that price point. Anyway, I could convince Charles to introduce the finger kick and the Bluetooth technique on his most expensive transmitter. And very fast, the figures did show that 95% of the sales of that transmitter was with finger kick. And there he started to really believe in the Bluetooth and the finger kick but he did not wanna transfer it to the cheaper models because it gave him a very exclusive position. And for 10 years, he did sell that to the end consumer, but it stayed a very exclusive product. Michael and I, we took the decision to put the Bluetooth on our cheapest transmitter, which was the Tiny Trainer. And with a little bit facelift, we did make that transmitter again up to date. Mm -hmm and that will become the best transmitter ever together with that old free spirit from Innotech. It has the same ideas. Small, simple, one button and very easy to understand. And in our case, married with a finger kick. You cannot buy that transmitter without finger kick. Michael and I, we want the whole world to enjoy the pleasure from hands-free training. That's one reason. The second reason is that worldwide, the e-collar is on the siege and it gives the handler a little bit more discretion of use and more freedom to use. So that's a little bit the story of the finger kick. Mm-hmm. But our idea is to open the whole idea to other companies and other companies already went around the patents, or however you want to call it. On the American market, it's a little bit gray world by gray world is who owns what? But in Europe, it's clear. So there it's a waterproof patent. Mm-hmm. But we want to open it to other companies under licensing. So that's the future. It's time that the big consumer, the end market should have that facility of using that little ring pusher or ring stimulator yeah before we forget glenn i did not finish your answer because you asked how many people do work at martin systems we have four sorry three people working on the what we call a contract my wife, Michael and me, which means five. Then we have one subcontractor, a Polish guy with golden hands. That is, I call him MacGyver. And then we have a lot of other big subcontractors because Michael and I took the decision to make production out of our facility. Mm. Production must be done by people that only do production and that means that we try to run the company with as small personnel capacity as possible.
2: Mm-hmm. So just to take a little step back, the finger kick, so for people who haven't seen it don't understand, it's a small ring that controls one of the buttons on your transmitter and your transmitter still works. It still, you can still use that button. You must not use the finger, you don't have to, but you can, it links to one button on your transmitter. And so with that tiny trainer, you don't have it sold with the finger kick, but you don't have to use it. You can still just hold the transmitter, just so that people understand that. Something else I wanted to touch on, because again, since it's your well, it was your idea initially, the contact measurement, right? So it's another function that the only that really should be in every e collar. It it should be standard across the board. Can you tell us a story about why it's in Martin Systems and how that came to
0: be? Well, there again, years ago. When I was a consultant for Martin's system, I said, Charles, the biggest problem we have by using e-collars is that if we put the e-collar around the neck of a dog, it's around the neck of a dog, but it doesn't mean you have contact with the skin of a dog. And then we are convinced that about 95% of all the people using a e-collar, a bark inhibitor, or an invisible fence don't have contact with the skin of a dog. Mm-hmm. And due to that, they think that they have contact, they think that they have contact, and then they imply low stim to the dog. The dog is not reacting. They go a little bit higher. The dog is not reacting. They go a little bit higher. The dog is not reacting. And then at a certain point, there is enough energy... And we call that the bridging electricity and that electricity jumps over on the skin. And that's what we call the involuntary overstim, which was not meant, that's why it's involuntary. And as a reaction, you have the flight of the dog, you have freeze of the dog. And if you have a strong dog, that animal will bite with the closest to him, a lot of time the handler, and the handler is bitten. And there the dog learns To flight, freeze, or fight on a stim. That's Mm. the problem. Mm. So with the contact measurement, and then the head engineer Bernard did find that very fast, how to find it. With that contact measurement, the color shows you, do we have stim with our dog or not? The problem is, for the moment, we have it with a light flashing led on the collar which works well at night which which works well in a dark environment the next thing michael and i will do and that will come before the end of the year is to transfer all that know-how from the collar to the transmitter so that the transmitter the handheld unit will tell you do we have contact with the skin of our dog or not which is michael and i we think that due to that missing technique a lot of e-color users imply involuntary overstim, and due to that a lot of people do see that and that's one of the reasons that the color is on the siege today so we are sure that this Contact measurement is one of the most important features that every collar should have.
1: Mm. Can I just say something on that as well, But When we're talking about the collars being under siege, a lot of the problems that I've seen ever since I've been involved in it, which is quite some time now, but it's the way people tighten it around the neck and the old style. It's not like... One of the things I like about the evolution that you and Michael have done with your collars when you started with Martin Systems is the introduction of the feather system. I really like how that has evolved from just the solid contact points. Because with the solid contact points, what people used to do, and the other thing that I like that you've got is the elastic. Perfect fit. Yeah, the perfect fit collar. So what the old the old style was, for people who are listening to this, who are getting the evolution of the remote training systems and so forth, what people used to have was solid brick collars, which weighed a ton. Then they had two great big probes that stuck out, and then they had like a, a nylon, like a coated nylon collar, which they would put it on the dog's neck, they would grind the contact points in the dog's neck, they would tighten it up as tight as they had to do, and then they would leave that on there for a period of time. And the problem was, is a lot of people were claiming that collars were were leaving char marks and pit marks on the dogs where it was such high current, which is all fictitious and it was proven in, in universities. But what would actually happen was because it was left on such a long period of time, it was like wearing a tight pair of shoes. So it was like getting, when you wear tight shoes and and your feet are scuffing up and down against them, you get wear marks on the back of your feet and it blisters and the blister pops and then it becomes a... It's an open wound. It's an open wound. It's affected sore. So basically what was happening was the same sort of thing. It was, it was skin contact and it was skin necrosis which was causing these problems because people were fitting them incorrectly because nobody had actually shown them how to do it. Therefore, it was very convenient for people to pay it forward and saying, well, collars are burning marks in dogs' necks. All absolutely fictitious. So part of that evolution, that if you actually have a look at the chameleon collar, with the Perfect Fit Collar and the feather systems, it makes it very convenient to sit nicely on the dog's neck and comfortable as well. So without little fuss, it can be put on the dog's neck and it can also retract and move on the dog's neck. It's not supposed to move around. It's not supposed to spin around on the dog's neck. But what it is supposed to do is sit comfortably on the in the dog's neck. And from what I've seen of it, it does a very, very good job of that. So congratulations. I think that's a very positive step forward in the design and comfort of that for, for dogs who need to wear them?
0: Well, Michael and I, we are dog trainers, so we come out of the field. And our experience was that with a normal belt, which all e-collars are sold on a normal belt because nobody wants to lose the brick box. Don't forget, electronics must be affixed. And then the affixation and that belt makes so that you must on that system go as high as possible on the neck tight your collar so that you can only put two fingers between the collar mm. and the skin yeah it's very tight huh. and then you're at the highest point of the neck mm. and of course due to gravity it goes down a little bit and because it goes down a little bit it goes up on the fur instead of under the fur and because it goes down a little bit, instead of two fingers tightness, you have one finger tightness, and then you have dogs starting rattling the, the, by breathing. Yep. That's one thing. Then if, in addition of that, you start to do bite work, for example, where bite muscles are involved in the whole thing, the bite muscles grow a little bit, pumped up, and then there is more pressure on the larynx, and there you have the whole the rattling of the dog, so very fast, and that's already very old. Thirty years ago already yep. we did use elastics. Mm. It's only the last how should I say 10-15 years that we did find nice elastic a niplock affixation. And we did see very fast that when you use the elastic, you must not go on the highest point of your coin, the coin which is the neck of a dog but you must go very low on the neck of a dog. Because if you have an elastic that is trapped, the elastic wants to detend, And if the elastic will detend, it will scroll up a little bit on the neck. And because it scrolls up on the neck, it goes under the fur and makes a much better contact. Mm. And because people have no contact, and certainly with the buckle collar, they go to longer contact points, The problem of longer contact points, instead of staying horizontally, they start to flip over peu à peu, little by little, and they make no contact anymore. And the effect is that they even flip around the collar. So there is a lot of things that, due to that little elastic strap, became better and better. And longer contact points for us is a no-go. And of course, like you mentioned before, the rubbing of contact points on the skin make what we call the blister it's the necrosis that's yeah, the, necrosis. the scientific mm. word and then in the signs there is two necroses it's rubbing which in most of the cases is due to too long yep. duration of pressure on the neck but there is also chemical necrosis and the chemical necrosis is some animals and some people also are very vulnerable to nickel mm-hmm to special metals and they start to be it's like showing an allergic reaction Yes it. yeah. it's an allergic reaction Anyway the feathers was a concept that came after the fact that we designed the chameleon after the fact mm. so we had the chameleon already there and the feathers was an idea that we did put on later and the feather is a type of spring it's a type of feathering Stainless steel metal that seeks for a contact on the neck of a dog, and in our systems, there is three feathers: it's the feather that is affixed on the collar that moves a little bit, it's the collar that can move towards the feather, and there is the elastic that also makes a little bit tension-detension. So there is three things that controls the whole contact procedure. Mm. Of course, the feathers are in a material which is stainless steel. And in all stainless steel, there is a little bit of nickel. So some animals will still have, if you wear it too long, the necrosis. And that's why we can put the contact points or the feathers on other spots on the collar. Mm. It's specially designed for that so that if you train or you work a dog day long... Well, every day you can change the spot of the contact point to minimalize the risk that you could have necrosis. So, Michael and I, we always try to minimalize. Staying nev- saying never, that's a lie. The problem of the feather also is, it's a type of metal where we find a thickness where we had to find the balance between durability and flexibility and durability and flexibility it's not so easy to find that means that can a feather break yes i think that for the moment we have about one percent of feathers that do break if it breaks too much with the same handler you must ask yourself hey there is something wrong and then michael or i we call that person we facetime because we do care about quality we try to do better And then a lot of times it's the same story. People keep the collar on much too long without changing the position of the feather. And then the dog starts scratching. And dogs that scratch, they have immense power in their legs and they could cause that break of the feather. That's one thing. Another thing we did find out is that dogs with really, really long fur, sometimes the long fur is tangled in the feather. Dogs do a lot of water work, start shaking, and there it can break. It means that if that happens too much, the end consumer should wonder for himself or herself, is this type of tire, for car, in this case, the contact with the skin, is this type of contact point the best setup for me and my dog? You can still go to the classic ones. Mm. And then... There is another cause. And I think that's 95% of the feathers that do break is because the handler still thinks that this e-collar is a pull collar or a lasso. So they do still their mechanical compulsion. And there we must tell those people, well, your style of training is not the best type of training for this type of contact point. So mm-hmm. we must be careful in how we speak. So we've talked about the
2: contact measurement tells you with 100% certainty whether you have contact with the collar and the dog, and it tells you that via a set of flashing lights. Yes. We've spoken about the ability via the feathers to get consistent contact and the most comfortable contact via the feathering action with the dog. Can we please talk about the SSC and what
0: that is? Well, the SSC is another patent from Martin system, and in French it means... Sans stimulation à sensation constant. So I repeat, stimulation à sensation constant. Some French to make Mark feel know, comfortable Mark, in Mark the
2: room. Mark was smiling when he was <laughs> saying that. It was
1: like, oh, ah, <laughs> well, this he is said his something. intro. <laughs> back
3: in Canada here for a bit. Yeah. Hi Mark, how are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm awake. <laughs> honored. I feel honoured to be here and
0: just uh, listening. So. So back to the SSC. To translate that, it's not so easy. It's the consistent, reliable stim. That's what it is about. It's a consistent, reliable stim on the level you preset your transmitter. Because another very important phenomena with the perception of a stimulation is a device can give the same output due to environmental conditions, moisture, water, pressure. It can change the sensation of what the dog feels. And there also years ago, we told Charles, can your smart engineer, Bernard, and we have another very smart engineer that is what we call a subcontractor, which is a professor at university. So we have a top team of guys there. And they did find out very fast a technique to control that sensation. What a lot of people don't know is that Martin's system has a transformator that gives the electricity. It always gives the same output, always. We play with the resistance. It's by changing the resistance that we change the levels of what a dog does feel. Where, at my knowledge, all the other companies need the power of the transform to go higher and higher and higher we use that same little transfer that's also patented we call that the n h t new high tension or in french nouvelle haute tension and these are the revolutions because that's why we 10 years ago could go for the little micro color with the extreme low stimulation possibility extreme stable output And if we want, we can go extremely high with that little thing. And one of the biggest advantage of that little transfer is that it doesn't take too much battery from our battery. That's why battery life-wise, in standby, we have five days, day and night, which is a phenomenon, which is fantastic. And that SSC stimulation measures. It's not SSC stimulation, it's the SSC system measures 20 times per second, the changing resistance of the skin and adapts the output so that the animal feels always the same. The challenge you must do with all the e-color brands is you put it around your arm, you tape it around your arm, and then you give yourself a stem that you just can bear, okay? Whoa, that's enough. Now you go underwater, you come both above the water and you steam yourself. There you will feel three, four, five times more. That again is the involuntary overstim with all the brands. We at Martin System, we don't have that. That means that if you do that test with our gear, you will feel, you go on the water, you come above the water, it's the same. And that's a powerful patent again, it's a powerful feature Especially if you want to train dogs like Michael and I do propaganda in the school, e-collar is a communication tool. The e-collar is not only a III tool. If you use your e-collar only to imply high corrections, you don't need that SSC. You see what I mean? Mm. So an SSC only means something if you really do care about dog training that you have under control, where the dog performs with heart and soul and that's what we propagandate and there the SSC is one of our major patents for that yeah Mm -hmm. so 20 times per second it measures the resistance
2: of the skin and alters the output so that the feeling is exactly the same
0: yes
1: that's that's
0: incredible out of such a little device when the drive of mm. the dog is the same because another parameter which is important for the sensation is is your dog still in the same drive sure sure yeah, the adrenaline
2: of the yes, dog. Yes. Mm. yes. Um, but everybody at home, or anybody who has an e-collar, can perform that test themselves and see see for themselves that that is a difference, and that's something that really it just educationally people should know. The resistance against the skin will change the feeling of of the stim with any other brand, but not with the Martin Systems one. I'm working to a point, and now, if you can, can you please talk about the Emily? USB stick Emily. And not
0: necessarily the top end, just the cutting yes. out levels. But before I go there again, Pat, I should like to complete that sure. SSC output. We had the live stream with Bo Bill two months ago, I think, or yep. one month ago. Hill yeah, Church, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I watched yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, it was. And good. There, michael and i with our big mouth we promised we gonna (laughs) announce the output chart of our output from every device in a chart so that everybody can see our output with a certain resistance we call the resistance and impedance because we know that even when the resistance the impedance changes that output stays the same so we gonna announce that and i think that this week our engineer will put that on our website and we'll put it on facebook it's a technical stuff the technical guys will love it joe bob maybe will not understand it (laughs) but it will create the demand towards all the companies what is your output on every level Mm. because what for michael and me is very important is that our customers can change from one transmitter to another. For example, we have transmitters with nine levels, but we also have transmitters with 18 levels. And we wanna give our customers an idea what is the output on level one in energy? What is the output of that transmitter in energy of level two? Mm -hmm. So that they can easily go to another transmitter to have that same energy. Mm Okay, so yep. I, I thought it was important no, no, to, to definitely. Jump that. It is important. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: That's all building towards what I wanna my my ultimate point that I'm
0: working towards the Emily and removing yeah. levels. Yeah. So there again, long ago when we were in consultation for Charles Martin, we had a vision. And Charles had one unbelievable capacity. He did follow the vision. Charles was not interested in making money Charles was just interested to have nice tools to be proud of and Michael and I that did take over the company will now try to bring these nice tools at the international worldwide level where Joe Bob can profit from those high-tech advantages and one of them is the USB stick Emily why we know since 10 years and even longer that the future of the e-collar is on the siege due to animal welfare actions who we have a very uh, special agenda and on their agenda is the e-collar the pinch collar and they achieved very well already in Europe to have the ban in f- half of the countries When Europe is sick, the United States of America will sniff.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: Australia also sniffs. That means that that tendency waves around the world. And 10 years ago already, we told Charles, Charles, we must give the e-collar user an alibi that he's not going over the rules. That means that we must have a button where we push And when we push on that button, we must be able to take all electricity out of our collar so that if somebody catches us in a country where we are not allowed to use it, they never have a proof. Or if we're just
2: passing through an area where we're not allowed to use it and we just want to be totally legal as we go
0: through that area or state. Yes, that means that we will write on the USB manual that if you enter... Another country, please take notice of the regulations there and please adapt your e-color so that you are fitting the rules of that state or from that country. Of course, a die-hard user will not do that, but you give him the feature to, with a push on the button, delete all electricity, and what remains will remain a color that just gives vibration. Tone only to bring back the stim on the color the end user must go home sit in front of the computer and with a password that only the end user knows bring in the stim if necessary we the factory can always help there that's a feature that already exists since 10 years When Michael and I were on the road in critical countries, we always had it with us, it always was installed, and we never had to use it, but we were ready that if somebody came in, we just had to push the buttons and they could not blame us because one thing that I should like to say is that Michael and I never denied the fact that we use food. We never denied the fact that we use a choke collar. We never denied the fact that we use a pinch collar and we never denied the fact that we use a e-collar. We never denied that. So that means that in all advertising that was done, people that came knew exactly what would gonna happen. And lucky me, lucky Michael, we never had the legal interference. Never, never, never. But it gives people the tool, the alibi to change. And then what also is possible, Pat and Glenn, is that with the USB stick, Emily, you can change all the features from your color receiver, yes. the features, everything. You can change, I don't want a tone. I don't want a vibration. I don't want LEDs. I don't want a contact measurement. Or you can say, hey, I'm a professional trainer and I want my end consumer to use a e-collar but to be sure that this person will by accident or on purpose go too high, you with that USB stick can kill level 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. And after three months, if you feel that that person becomes very responsible and knows very well and in the reflex response can use their gear, now you can open one or more two stimulation channels. You know what? Never that was used. So we are so amazed to see that the features are there, people don't use it. But that also comes because our communication to the end consumer is not good enough, so we must do better. But Michael and I, we have only 24 hours a day, and now Mm. and then we must eat, and now and then we should speak to each other also, I mean. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so uh, let me rant for a little while.
2: Now, everyone knows you're a a friend and mentor to me for many years, and I don't want this to just sound like a sales pitch for your gear because I'm building to a point. Years ago, I was talking to someone about e-collars, and I said that I got backed into a corner – I was proven incorrect in an argument and I wasn't incorrect because I didn't know that these features existed. It was before we'd met, before I knew anything about Martin Systems gear. And I said, the fact is, if someone's an asshole and they plan to hurt a dog, they can do that with a yellow crayon. They don't need an e-collar. Like, if that's your intent, that's what you'll do. And the guy said to me, that's true, except you can't accidentally kill someone or you can't accidentally hurt a dog with a yellow crayon. You can with an e-collar. And I said, you know what? I can't argue with that. But- we just discussed, you can have your controller in a position where it will never be lent on or whatever. You can put that wherever. You don't need to have it in your hand where you can accidentally push the button. You have a ring around your finger that is easy to protect and not used by
0: accident. You can put it around your neck on a chain holder, for example.
2: Yeah, and your your actual remote can be away where, from where an accident can happen. It can be in a, in a case somewhere separate. You will never have the issue of not having contact and going over... Overstimming because you didn't know you had contact and everybody that's listening can imagine how that might happen. That will never happen because you have the contact measurement. You have consistent contact via the type of contact points, right? Yes. No matter the conditions under which you're using this collar, whether it is wet, whether the dog's skin is oily, whatever happens, that SSC will take care of that for you and it will regulate the output. And if you have a dog and its working level is three – and you don't need to ever go higher than that, you can and should just stop your collar doing anything after that. So if even though we've said all these accidents shouldn't happen, there's a fail safe to make sure that if by some off chance you hit the wrong button or you're not looking or whatever, if the collar has 18 levels and you think that your working level with your dog is three, you can make from four to 18 do absolutely nothing. Yes. So when you hit the button by accident at the wrong level, that doesn't happen. So- if I was armed at that time when I said you couldn't – when he said you you can't accidentally hurt a dog with a yellow crane, I'd say with that gear, you can't accidentally do it either. No. You still have to have intent. And we can never – I can't defend people who hurt a dog with intent. I, I can't and won't. But for the, the person and the, the millions of people around the world who want to use an e-collar safely, professionally, and as a communication tool with their dog, all of the possibilities to cause problems by accident – do not exist if they're using this. And like I said, this is our show. We can talk about whatever the fuck we want, but I don't want to be seen to be giving a big sales pitch to you because I don't need to. What people should be asking is, first of all, it is good to let people know that this tiny little Belgian company that's now, that's had all this stuff for a long time. You told Charles to make it years ago and weren't getting anything from it. Yeah, Because you wanted it Mm. as a trainer.
0: Well, let's say like this and that um, we know Charles since long and, Charles had a fantastic little team together. What they could not do was contaminate the world with their treasure. And due to the contacts that Michael and I have worldwide, we are busy contaminating the world and we see that in nice sales figures. Mm-hmm. For example, from since we took over the company, we tripled and we are busy doubling while well, we triple. And you know why? Because we achieved the whole world with that, type of word that we spread the word and there is podcasting there is live streaming little videos you know the news go very fast today yeah but but you've proven this you've proven this too but like you do it with your dog and i think that's the point
1: that pat's been making uh, a very salient point that he's made throughout not only today but throughout the entire time that we've been podcasting like pat refers Uh, and rightfully so to videos that you've put up of your own dog who's wearing a remote trainer at the time that it's doing these skills and you still look at the dog and it's undeniable to us. And anybody who knows anything about canine behavior, when you watch that dog work, you can't see an unhappy dog while it's wearing and using and receiving stim from a remote trainer. And that's the thing because a picture speaks a thousand words and that dog is doing multiple actions on a field and enjoying time out there with you. And because of your training system and a style of remote trainer that you and Martin Systems originally created, you've now got something that people can access and we've just gone through the last 20 minutes talking about how you'd have to go right out of your way to really make that a problem for the dog. You would have to have intent to do so. Yeah, that's right. You would you have, have to, to have
2: choose to do that. You, it can't happen by accident, which is, as I say, it's when like I... It's like kicking your dog. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. If, you, if you're if you prone to do that, then you're going to do it regardless of the tools that you have. And people that's, do. They have for years. Exactly. And it, they still will continue. Exactly. And I can't and won't defend those people. But as I say... Rightly so. At that time, I was stumped. It was a long time ago, and a guy said to me... You can't accident, You could accidentally hurt it all with a collar. Was his point, and I agree. Well, I was like, yeah, that that's the truth. And I did not know that this gear existed. And and as I say, so I was building to before. Is Martin Systems this tiny little Belgian company that now people are starting to become aware of it? And if you're listening to this show, there's a lot of people in in the dog world, especially in, the, in America. E collars aren't that popular in Australia. It's not that that's a, big a thing. There's areas where they're legal. there's areas where there's not. But let's talk about America because most of our listeners are there anyway. People tend to be loyal to a brand for a lot of a lot of the time. Well, you might want to ask your brand why they don't have those features, right? You might want to talk to the people who supply you your gear and say, hey, how come these things exist and why isn't it in the tools that I want to use? I like using a particular tool, I like the way it works, blah, 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 whatever. Why can't I have the contact measurement? Why can't I have a finger kick that works reliably? Why can't I have SSC? Why can't I... When I do a board and train and I train a dog on the e-collar and when I hand the dog and the collar back to the owner, why can't I do that with the 100% reliability that they can't, by accident or on purpose, go to a higher level by killing those levels of the collar making it impossible to do so? As anyone listening, you might want to ask, why isn't that in every collar?
0: Well, Michael and I, we realized over the years that you have diehards in brands, which is normal. It's like you like your Lee pants, you like your Levi's, why should you change? Mm -hmm. Mm. You don't want to know there is better, you feel comfortable in it, Why should you have something better? It's already good enough. So that's one thing that we did realize, you see that in cars, people have whatever the brand, they are happy They stay with that brand. We realized that over the years, that's why Michael and I, we did take the decision. Let's make a color, which is the extender, so that all brands can affix their brickstone electronic box on that chameleon mechanical colour to at least enjoy the feature of the side contact points, mm-hmm. the feathers, the elastic strap and so on and so on. It's the first step to contaminate them with the chameleon idea and that starts to go very well that means that we did invent a tire that fits different cars car brands and that chameleon and the name speaks for itself the the chameleon adapts to any circumstance well in this case that color adapts to the brand to another brand and the whole idea was that we don't fight with other brands we put our trailer and we hook it on the other brand that is already installed on market since long. And there is companies that already buy our extender and they mm-hmm. are very happy. And Michael and I, we are sure that the next step will be, hey guys, please make a chameleon with our electronic at the inside. Mm-hmm. Why not? We are an R&D brand. We will not keep that for us. We will We will open it. And what people don't know is behind the scenes, a lot of... Big, big dealers from other brands came to us and said, hey, can you guys install your finger kick on the brand that we sell? And then we say, that's not a problem. We can do that. The only problem is if we manipulate that transmitter, you guys will lose the warranty on that transmitter. Mm. And we don't want to be the enemies of the big sharks. So we prefer that you guys go to the big bosses of those companies and speak with them. And maybe there is a way that we can speak. We call that, why should we keep a finger kick for us? Why should we keep the SSC for us? Why should we keep the contact measurement for us? Why should we keep for us all the features that are pro animal? It doesn't make sense. That's right. So we're going to open that. Exactly. But the first step must be from the other companies asking, hey, guys, can we use it? And of course, we're going to be proud to, to let them do it. But there, there is a, a business deal that must be done also. Mm-hmm. The last thing that, that I had in my mind I want to talk about, because
2: I see this come up a lot, is let's talk about price point. And maybe if you're happy to do it, if not, we can speak generically, but say the CTT, right? Just as, as, as one item, talk about maybe some – and I'll give people an idea of the costs that go into the development of that – for a product that you made knowing
0: it would have a very tiny amount of end users well Michael and I we knew for example that the PT 3000 from Martin systems is a very very good transmitter electronically wise the little problem was not waterproof Uh, sometimes the buttons were a little bit cheap and then we said well We did prove it with the chameleon. The chameleon is the color. We make a very, very expensive color. Everybody told us nobody will buy it. Well, we did have a production of 40 a month and they were always sold. So we did prove the opposite. And then we said, well, let's do the same with the transmitter. Let's make a chameleon tactical transmitter. And of course... When Michael and I would have known before what the expenses would have been and the nightmare it would have been to make it, we would not have done it. (laughs) I'm not kidding. But at a certain point, you are so deep in the water that you cannot go back. Then you must continue swimming. You must continue investing because everybody tells you, yes, we can do. And then, oh, we have a problem there. We have a problem there. For example, what people don't know is a molding. Just one molding there was, I think, 33,000 euro. Yeah. Imagine you must amortize 33,000 euro. How do you do? Do you do that per piece? One euro per piece, then you must sell 30,000 pieces. So for us, it was not so easy. So we had to find the price point that we could pay back the banks in four or five years. And that's why that 990 came out. Yep. And for that money, we sell, we sell CTTs. Is it a good transmitter? Yes. Is it an expensive transmitter? Bloody expensive. Mm-hmm. And but, but it's always the same. Eh? It's very hard to make the R&D, the waterproof thing. It's a transmitter that you put on the induction plate. Every detail has been taken care of. You turn the buttons on the field. You have a very good feeling if you rotate that button and it does clack clack you feel it it's not a transmitter that has been developed just in the engineer office it's a transmitter that has been developed in the engineer office and on the field with cold hands in the deep freezer on the water you cannot imagine yeah we even did put a special ring around that rotation button to have a better silicone feeling on your rotation button to give you better feel, touch, and so on, and so on. So we are very proud of that transmitter. And we realized that it's a tool that it's only designed for the happy few, eh? mm. price-wise. So we know that very well. And that's why we decided to bring that tiny trainer for finger kick on market, which, by the way, is certainly as good, but does not have induction recharging and it does not have four dogs or four steam possibilities it has a lot of things but there must be a difference somewhere in price also yeah so i think that's something
2: I've, we've mentioned it a few times in the show like small belgian company the economy of scale and production like these things these these ideas that you have that go into the production of a tool as you just you just dropped before uh, carol used to make those chameleons in your home, right? Like yes. he could only make one and a half or two a he day. Spoke two a day. So when you, you know, I see people complain about the cost of these. It's a thing online, but you have to imagine there's hundreds of thousands or millions of crafters. yeah, to go into the development of these things. I remember you called me one day talking about a waterproof testing of the CTT and that failed. And so not only now is there an issue of the mould has to be changed because the waterproof test failed. So it, but this is pre-production, obviously. But you just destroyed 20 PCBs in the testing process. Yeah. So just just getting to that and point, people don't understand. They have to pay for all the ones
0: that got destroyed in the process. Like to yes. get this thing on market costs so much money. What, what people must understand is when we developed the CTT, we did license that electronic from Mr. Martin. That means that we had to pay for the R&D and we had to pay for every... PCB that they deliver exclusively to us. And to make it exclusively to us, we have to commit to a certain quantity of figures and pay for it, which is normal. And then in the testing phase, you blow up a lot of them. Like you said, well, because you, you cannot only do a test on one color, you must at least do it on 20 colors. So you make 20 colors, you don't put one in the water, you put 20 in the water. It's like putting... Thousands and thousands of dollars in the toilet because that's what it is. And a big company, and that's why a big company does not change. They go for a very ripe model and then they will milk the cow until he dies. Yes. And I was always so frustrated that those companies did not change it. But now Michael and I, we understand why it's impossible for a big company to do that we a small company we can do that we are like a helicopter we can change direction we can change manual we don't care we, we can lose money um a big company must pay three four hundred people we if we'd have bad months michael and i well we, we pull our a belt and, and and one number smaller and we <laughs> when we become <laughs> we become thinner because that's what we do and what people must realize is that michael and i we never did drop the Nepopo school for us. The Nepopo school was there before we had the factory. And it's a powerful thing that we will never give away. A lot of companies dream from a school. And what's very interesting to see is that now in the school, we tell people, this is device you will work with, And of course, it's a device from our brand, because we want our students to train in NepoPo. And by explaining it, and we did that in the USA last month, and we did it here. You explain why this and why that, and then people understand much better that Hey, it's not only a collar it's an e collar that fits in the Napal training method. Yes. There is a philosophy, mm. and that's nice. So, and that's one of the advertisings that Michael and I always say. Well, we are brand from dog trainers for dog trainers. And we are proud on that. Mm. Yeah. I think you know that's that's all the stuff I wanted
2: to point out. And again, I want to explain to people listening, uh, it, you know, it's not a sales pitch, but this is some facts that you need to know. And and as a user of this equipment, you need to know. First of all, you, you, a lot of people probably didn't know about that the, the resistance stuff. There's probably a lot of people out there who are just going understanding why they've seen a problem before or something like that, right? So you got to know this stuff and then put the pressure on the providers of your gear if you want to stick with your brand. Why doesn't it have these features? It can. Why Why doesn't it? I just wanted to point all that out. I, of course, like I say there's no hiding it's your company you're here talking about it but it's this is not a sales pitch for it this we're is not being just, endorsed by it yeah, yeah that's what i'm trying to say yeah. yes we're not this is the these are just facts and it's something you know what have we just finish there's a sixth school in australia or something like that, yeah. that We just ran and you know i'm passionate about this shit I, i'm fucking holeless bowlers to the system and it's a system of finesse and if you want to get involved in that you need tools of finesse
0: yeah it's true so we are proud on that Very proud on that. And we see that there is more and more people that do need it from all type of levels. And well, it's it's like the school. eh? So Michael and I decided three years ago, we stopped with seminars because on the seminars, we can never see what do people really take home from knowledge. Mm. Uh, Yes, of course, they came home and they had fun and uh, Michael and Bart were very funny and they tell jokes and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. But at the end... Well, we, we became a little bit unhappy because we were there like the entertainers. And then we did went for the next step in our life by going for the Napopo school, where we tell people not only about tools, we train people in the whole dog training philosophy of, first of all, what does say the animal welfare law? And that's what we call our legal framework. Dog training must fit in a legal framework. It's forbidden without valid reasons to inflict pain to a dog wherefrom suffering come follow. So it's forbidden to inflict pain to a dog. Except for two reasons. You must know those reasons. And we tell that to people. So it's very important that people understand that the whole training systems of NEPOPO is based on a legal framework. And then we explain people what positive reinforcement is. And positive reinforcement is not only click and give a treat, because then you go in what we call the motivation training. We try to tell people in your system, whatever the system is, you need a consequence when the dog does. You need a consequence for when the dog does not but still does not grab it. And you need a strong consequence for when the dog knows very well, but does not want to do. And then you imply the correction. And when the dog receives the correction, the bullshit must stop and he must fly actively in the job. And that's NepoPo. Mm. With heart and soul. With heart and soul. Mm. And that's what we want. So, And people always think, yeah, it's an e-collar training seminar. No, you can imply negative reinforcement by not giving the food. Good positive training is what I put as an existential reward in the mouth of the dog must take away. It must take away the discomfort of the hunger pang in the stomach. Taking away discomfort is the definition by excess from negative reinforcement. That means that good Positive reinforcement that works and it works well will only works well if it's existential mm. and, and and that's a very strong point mm. And Michael and I, we should like to sit on high levels and speak about that, but they never ask us, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's the, the, convenient not yeah. to, isn't it? And that's it, the problem. It, it's much more convenient for politicians mm. to follow the emotions of the people with, oh, and we give food to the dog and we love the dog and we're the 90s and da-da-dee and da-da-da. And that's okay. Yeah. But don't criticize people that want to train correctly with the dogs. Can I just jump in here for a second? It was interesting. I was in the shopping center not long ago and
1: there was – a couple of little Asian ladies sitting there and they had these portable TENS machines and they were putting it on people. You know, there were all sorts of people could sit down on the chair, feel what it feels like, they're putting the suction cups on them and and, um, and tuning them in. And the lady said to me, would you like to try one? I've had one before and I thought, oh, look, I've got five minutes. So I was just eating um, like a, a sandwich and I thought, yeah, I'll, I'll do it while I'm finishing my sandwich. So she put it on me and she's turning it up and she said, you know, look, I'll give the box to you and you can turn it up to a level that suits you. And I thought... Wouldn't it be hysterical if people were talking about putting these on animals? What would people feel like? Because even though the technology is slightly different, it's this—it's what like the Thai people say, same, same, but different. And it's exactly the same thing. It's a little box that has a very small amount of microamps in it that you can increase or decrease the amount of stimuli that you actually feel through it to generate twitching in the muscle fibres. Are we not talking about remote trainers here? <laughs> I mean, that's the that's the insane thing that there were aged people sitting down and, and going, oh, yeah, it's really nice. Yeah, you know, how much is it? And they were talking about it. And yet did you swap that out for a remote trainer and all of a sudden all shit breaks loose and people become hysterical about it. We all know there's four of us sitting in the room right now. All of us know there's bad trainers out there. There's bad dog owners out there. But they've been bad owners and bad trainers independent whether or not they had remote trainers to use. The whole fact is, but you hit the nail on the head before. It's a bugbear of mine. It's pissed me off for many years is that politicians get people to sit in the studio who will tow the company line. They always look for an audience who is swaying in their left direction or their right direction. Whatever way they want to pitch it on the day, they go hunting for that person. They fill their audience, they find the person who's going to say what they want to hear, and then they put them on the show. And for everybody's sake, we're doing a great injustice for ourselves because I've never known so many dogs to be dying in pounds and welfare centres as what we're seeing at the moment. I'm overwhelmed with what I see and I see and I speak to a lot of people who are involved in these same practices where they're just, I mean, there was a young girl speaking to today telling me that she's had PTSD from working in welfare systems before where so many dogs are being destroyed. So many fit, healthy, easy to manage
2: dogs are being destroyed because they're just pumping them out of the place. That's the time to talk about But he is so well known for his uh, accomplishments in NVBK. Mm. I'm on the show every week talking about how I enjoy to work in performance dogs. Mark, policeman for how long? Uh, 29 years now. Right. So putting dogs to, to work in a job where, you know, you must. But the truth of the Nipopo staff and the idea that... Just this positive is exists by itself, it's just not true. And the idea of Nipopo is its motivation for no matter what. Now, mm. no matter what your intent with the dog, and this is what's so true people look at oh, the dog's in welfare and, and shelter, and all he needs is love and affection. But it just it's, you're only using you, you one, you miss the point if that's <laughs> what you believe. Yeah, that's
1: like it. It's, it's 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 one part of a like a whole other side of things
2: that yeah. that people have just conveniently. Out of mind, out of sight sort of thing. Yeah. And, you know, uh, sometimes when I talk about the system, I, I just call it motivation fundamentals because I, I believe in a lot of the case, that's what it is. You're just using the full gamut of motivation, the fundamentals of, of the whole system, of everything that can be done. In operant conditioning, you get to use them all and understand them all. But I think what people take for granted when we talk about like the stim. Now, we've been talking about e collars for an hour so. But the stim is not necessarily stimmed by an e-collar. It's pressure. Mm. And pressure, as we all know, can be eye contact for God's sake. You know what I mean, and it can be hunger, and it can be so. People who get on their high horse and want to say, "I, I would never use pressure on a dog," I say, "Well, I'm sorry, you, you have. do." Mm. If you, if you take a step forward and your dog takes a step back, you used pressure. Mm. If you look at your dog in the eye and he breaks eye contact with you, you've used pressure. It's on the use of force continuum for law enforcement. Like officer presence M- is pressure presence. to some people. M- mirror presence. Mirror yeah. presence. You know, I did a, the podcast with Nick Benja, the force-free audience, and they were all upset that I used the word pressure. Not all upset. There were many comments from people upset they used the word pressure. And even though I explained exactly what I meant by it in the comments on his page, people were like, and what does he mean by pressure? Surely he's talking about only electric collars. And people were back, no, pressure, he literally means pressure in all of its many forms. You know, when you're training a decoy, sometimes you, you might, with a young dog, you say, look away from the dog. Like you're too much. are the pressure. Just your presence is too much for that young dog or or whatever and we understand that but there's people who so it's just not true when people are saying no i never train with any pressure it's impossible to do it without it like so i'm I'm sorry you're not you you are in legal definition assault begins in someone's mind if you feel that you've been
1: assaulted you may have been assaulted it's as simple as that you're you're a police officer mark you know that you know so when people go to court and they that first thing they say is did you feel that you were being assaulted And if people say, well, yeah, I did. I felt like, you know, like the next thing this person was going to do was punch me in the mouth. Well, that's pressure. People are feeling pressure right there. They feel that they were
0: assaulted, which is crazy. For sure. Yeah. Now, what I should like to point out here also is that Michael and I, 10 years ago, we did lose the hope to win the battle in the e-collar, the pinch collar, the choke collar. And believe us, 10 years from now, there is no more bite work for Joe Bob. There is no more bite work because on the hidden agenda from all those animal welfare companies is written no more bite work because they know exactly that when a dog really bites, the bite is the biggest reward. You cannot compete with another paycheck to the bite. And the only way to control that dog is with negative reinforcement tools. And if you look to the dogs, they are not sick from that. They just need it. Mm. They need that framework is that's allowed. You don't go further. Now you do. So Michael and I did feel that the battle has been lost because all the users, the general public of training aids are not vocal enough. And they think in themselves, well, I will use it the next 10 years in my kitchen or in my garden, and I don't care that uh, for the big Massa, it's not allowed anymore. I will continue to do my little thing. Mm. So Michael and I, we realized that, and that's why we did design the whole chameleon philosophy where anytime you can buy the tools, we even have a pinch collar that we sell as a pull collar. There is no contact points on that collar. We sell it under the name CPPC, Chameleon Pinch Pull colour, So that we can sell that colour to buyers that due to pressure from pressure groups are not allowed to buy a pinch collar. But they can buy a Chameleon Pinch Pull Collar that the end consumer, by buying a few screws, can screw in the little thing. And so on, and so on. So we developed a whole chameleon philosophy to be ready for the day that there is a total prohibition. And it will come because the end user does not stand up for their rights. They mm-hmm. do not. In despite of a lot of temptations, they do not. They do not. There is millions of people, but they do not due to the fact that they don't want to be known as using a pinch collar or e-collar or whatever. And that's why Michael and I also decided that if somebody finishes the Nepopo Gold School, they will receive from us an e-collar license. Of course, that has no legal value, but people that knows a little bit of reputation knows that, well, the people that did get that had to work hard to get it. Mm. Are they perfect? No. Because the day that we did pass our driving license we were not perfect neither some of us had a lot of accidents and there starts another trial and error process but with knowledge it's up to the people to become better and better all the dog federations instead of selling membership cards they should have said you can only become member if you come two three weekends to our school and if you prove that you are interested in everything we tell you, now you can become a member and it must cost money. And then, Pat, today in your car, you did let me listen to the podcast from, I think that a new American Schutzhund. Mm -hmm. They call it Schutzhund USA. Yeah, so it was the welcome speech at the the seminar. They they launched it this weekend. Where uh, big names, Jerry Bradshaw, Mm I think uh, Debbie Zapia and Theresea Courier were intending to start a new Schutzhund federation with their rules. And one of the things I liked very well is that, and that's a Jerry. Well, we have X thousand members and yes, we use all the tools and nobody will prohibit us to use the tools and nobody will be misjudged because he or she openly uses the tools, that's a mentality that must be done. So that's yeah. a very, very good mentality. The, the other thing I like about that too is they haven't shied
1: away from political correctness on the name as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. that's, that's that, what that, they're, that's they're
1: trying a, to do. That's a headline yeah. point for me is that they haven't, just because of the name Schutz and they haven't like scampered away from it and running in the night like frightened children. It's like… Good on you, Jerry,
0: Michael and I… Mm-hmm. If we speak, a lot of people all over the world are in big problems because they are customers from our company. Yeah. <laughs> so And then we read the interviews where they do it with sugar, with honey, with milk. And then we are thinking to ourselves, why the hell do they lie to the big public? Yeah, But they are obliged to lie. Otherwise, the federations kick them out. Otherwise, the federation for who they work kicks them out. I know there is army, there is police in Europe where the guys are not allowed to use e collars They are not allowed, but it's impossible. And secretly, sometimes they try, but I mean, and if they openly do it, well, there is somebody that wants their position and they go snatch and then that gentleman is out of business. So it creates what we call the snatching politics. It's, It's no good. And we, Michael and I, we are for educate people. Do the best you can. I know. Michael doesn't know. We don't know. Nobody that on purpose abuses their dog. On purpose. And if they do, those people must be banned. Of course. And yeah. people do mistakes. And all the mistakes or most of them are involuntary. That's a fact. Mm. And they do also the mistakes by not giving food or by giving too much food, too much love. By the way, At my knowledge, nobody ever killed a dog with an e-collar. Nobody. You know what? Michael and Dice did sell that remote dropper for balls, the dog dog trophy. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: We had two dead dogs in training that did swallow the ball, little balls. Michael and I immediately stopped the production of the machine that launched or dropped the small balls mm-hmm. and we did make a big, big, big um, dog trophy in those days and that was launching the big ball but that was the reason we had two dead, dead dogs from good friends. The dog swallows the ball it was quite dark they did not see too late and well we never had that with e-collar not at my knowledge. Mm-hmm. You know, I've never heard of a dog Me neither. dying well, from an e-collar.
2: Well it was proven in court in Australia that you cannot injure a dog with, a, with an e-collar apart from skin necrosis yes, from over yeah. yeah, that would it. happen it. no matter what. So you got to, to I mean
1: if you're going to if you're going to tell stories about these things you have got to stick to the truth. Yeah. And that, and that's the point that I think all of us in this room are trying to make right is that if people are going to brandish and demonize products or people or industries or business or anything like that have supporting evidence to say it. The thing that's concerning me is I think this is just it's all becoming so over emotive it's not only the e-collars, there's a lot of trends that are following that where we're, we're seeing it's affecting us as dog trainers, dog owners, and even breeds of owning
2: dogs. You know, it just gets worse. There seems to be something else on the list every year. I know in my heart that you're right, Bart. that the bite sports are going to get banned. And I, I know in my heart, I know that, but in my head, I can't, I can't accept it. I have to, I have to push for it. And I say it, but my opinion's worthless. And right? for job up. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. So, Mark, while you're in the room, police dog handler of 20, uh, 20 plus years, what position would police and military worldwide be if no civilian was allowed to train a dog to bite? We'd be in big trouble.
3: Yeah. We rely on the sport, right? For for breeding and for uh, for acquisitions. And we rely on their expertise. Like Bart's, yeah. Bart's a civilian. He's, he's, a, he's a god in the industry and he's your mentor. He's my mentor. He's a lot of people's mentors. So- we rely on the sport to feed our profession. Yeah. And if we if they lose that, and I'm unlike you, I'm the same mindset. I, I'm optimistic that we're not going to, but there's certainly a lot of things pointing in that direction
1: and I, I just hope we can get ahead of it mm-hmm. with some good practices. There's a guy in the States, one of your former students, Duke Ferguson. Yes. And Duke's on Canada, the, he's in Canada, Canada. Canadian. Canada. Canadian. sorry a second yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He is too, you're right
1: He, he is out in the, uh, in the Maritimes
3: uh, The
2: only Canadian. reason
1: I said that is because he's got businesses all over America and Canada Yes But uh, I met Duke at the first IACP I ever went to I hung out with Duke, uh, drank a lot of beers with him one night and we had a great time and he's a he's a super fun guy. He's a really nice man. I think he he's one of your only gold graduates in, or one of the very, very few in, in. He's the only uh, one.
0: He's the only one. Only one in? Then we have two silver. Yeah, we're from two from.
3: So Mark born. Marks, you you've just completed silver. Yeah, silver. And then yep. uh, my uh, my
1: colleague at work, Brad Glusby, mm. he's got silver also. Fantastic. So. Duke's a super advocate of Bart and and the whole Napo system, but Duke was onto something. He really wants, and he's very passionate about trying, rather than have a group of a pocket of 20 people here and a pocket of 20 people there, all trying to do their own thing. What Duke's envisaging is, is that we're all getting together, all the big companies, all the vested parties, all the trainers, all the handlers, everyone, getting together, having good spokespeople together, having relevant science-backed information So, we can start to do away with the rhetoric and the nonsense and the myopic mantras that keep coming out of people's mouth all the time. Hopefully, some sensibility will start to come out of this. I hope that people who are listening to this podcast and and have heard what, Bart, what you have said, have listened to what you've said in the past, Pat, have heard what I've said and even now what you've said, Mark, in regards to how it affects us long term, that people genuinely consider this. They think about it and they start putting some good practices in place. IACP, you know, I mean, I know Tyler Mudo. he's a very active campaigner in these type of things. Pat, I believe that there's some sort of committee that's being formed that you're, yeah. you're so actually a part of. With Can Tyler, you talk I'm,
2: about this? Well, I'm on the legislative committee now of the IACP, which is uh, to keep an eye on and it's tricky. I, I don't want us to talk out of school, but it's, it's to basically keep an eye on what is happening around the world as far as legislation that would inhibit the use or well, not the use of tools, but the inhibit dog trainers to do their job correctly. Yep. And before anyone jumps to conclusions, mostly what we talked about at the first meeting was in one of the States in the U S that was like crates to create a dog overnight. The crate had to be double the height of the dog and four times the length of the dog, really? which, you know, it was something like that. Like, so just ridiculous things. And, and in States where, Like all these things, all these laws that people want to bring in, they have a good intention, but they don't really see the the repercussions of these things. Like no tying out a dog because, you know, people have that in their mind. I want to stop, you know, dogs just being tied out on a property and left to die there. But then legally, someone that would follow the letter of the law, you can't leave your dog out the front of a cafe while you go inside to get a drink because that's tying the dog out. It's the same thing. Technically, so there's the legislative committee is to keep an eye on those sorts of things and get involved where possible, but yeah. it's not always very possible.
1: I love the fact that people are constantly thinking about the welfare of dogs and other yeah. animals in training practices. I have no, but I we, don't think anyone here has an issue with it. We, we, Bart, you talked about it before. You said anybody that's deliberately injuring dogs needs to be run out of the business. Yes. You know, and there's not one person in this room, and I don't think there's any person that we've interviewed in any podcast that we've done, and to be honest. I'd be scratching my mind trying to think of a person I know of in the industry that feels that way. What I do have an issue with is that people who want to inhibit the use of practices simply because it doesn't fall within the guidelines of how they feel about it without doing any real, genuine scientific studies about it, that they've simply listened to the advice of another person have become emotionally overwhelmed by it and then thought, you know what? Now I really need to start a campaign
2: to stop it all, well, stop everybody. I think any law that is has intent to increase animal safety and welfare it just needs to be viewed from multiple lenses and you need yeah. people from all sides to say hey that affects us over here you need to word that in a specific way because that's going to stop people being able to have a pet ultimately and well there are welfare organizations as a main right. one that's mandate is to remove
1: all domestication of pets worldwide they want homes stripped of pets cats dogs fish birds they want the cessation of using animals in, in food, in food production worldwide. They're basically, yeah. they're open school about this. It's on their
0: website, on their mandate, on that they preach it vocally and actively. I have a little anecdote on that. Mm. Early 1900s in Belgium, mm. the poor people had dogs to pull the cart and to help pulling. Poor people, because they did not have the money for horses. And in those days, there was a minister of agriculture who in the same time is responsible for animal welfare. And he was married with a lady that had a little chihuahua that was eating chicken every day. And she felt pity with all the dogs that had to pull hard the cart. She had no pity with the people that were pulling and pushing. And due to her social skills of sleeping with the man, <laughs> <laughs> the man, the minister, did change the law and from that date was not allowed to pull the cart anymore. Not allowed. The next day 500,000 dogs would throw in the water. I'm not kidding. Yeah. Lucky us, some people did not throw the dog in the water and they did start to do little tricks at Sunday. And, that's, and they did do that in a ring, in a circle. That's how ring sport it started. That means that the dog that had the economic reason to be on the farm, to pull the cart, there was just enough money to buy food to make them pull hard. The day that out of animal welfare eyes it was forbidden, they killed 500,000 dogs mm. because the reality was there was no money to feed them, to do nothing on the farm. Mm. So animal welfare sometimes only enters the problematic from one, one side. They don't see the reality. Yep. They sit in a high tower and they take decisions for people that are with the two feet on the ground. And well, and I say it again, that's how ring sport started. And what people must understand is that the old generations of people, for example, those people from the 1900s, Those dogs had to work hard, they had to guard the farm, they had to guard the bicycle when the owner was buying the milk. So it was not only a pulling dog, he also had a defense job to do. Guard the milk, make sure that nobody steals the bike and so on and so on. It was interesting to see that. Now, the law is still so that a dog cannot pull on a bike. And that's why when you see a picture from Michael, or me, when there is a dog pulling, we have that pulling tool behind our asses. It's on the, how do we call it, the back tire, that we have a special gear installed. Technically, the dog is pushing us. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Wow. So, of course, he pulls us, but the thing is behind us, and it's that thing that pushes us. So, until now, we were never arrested. They <laughs> could arrest us for that. And you said something from the back tie earlier. Yeah. So that in America, it starts already that's forbidden to back tie your dog. Technically, when you go to a store, you should not be able to back tie him in neither. Yeah. In Belgium, it's not allowed to put a dog on a chain anymore. That's why about 15 years ago, we did invent that flex pole. Yeah. And that flex pole is... A way to go around the law it's not a chain you don't chain up your dog yeah so they oblige always people to do other thing should a dog be back tied day and night no but a dog should be able to back tie for five minutes ten minutes 20 minutes nothing wrong to that yeah so and of course it's due to the fact that people always exaggerate that the rule is also or the law is also totally the opposite thing Mm. so i mean a lot of things should be more common sense yeah
2: all right. Hey, I'm hungry. Everyone want to go to dinner? Yeah.
1: Let's do it. And but I really appreciate it. I know you're a busy guy. You've made time. You're out here in Australia doing your schools, per Gold and Silver. What I do really appreciate is on your downtime on the weekend where you should be resting, you've made time to come out and do the show for us. Speaks volumes. Of course, all of us in the room appreciate immensely all the things that you're doing. And we did want to have Michael on the show. I just want to, Pat, tried to make that happen. However, you said she's busy. We would love to have you guys back on the show one day where both yourself and Michael can join us. I was watching the interview that you did with Bill Church. Fantastic, great interview. So,
0: yeah, let's try and make that happen another time so we can include her in the chat as well. It's like what we do here. It's out of the belly. Of course, there's a little plan in in the heads, but you go with the flow in an interview, and that's fun always. Yeah, Yeah. It looks and it is spontaneous. We do here what we propagandate in the dog training. Mm. In dog training, you must try to let every behavior come spontaneous, that the animal thinks that it's his invention, and then the animal is tough and ready to protect his own invention. And I think that an interview which is out of the belly is always more funny than a piece of paper where you have your questions prepared, but you don't see that at the other side of the table. Mm. The guy is not interested, and you don't see that home people are not interested at all. It's like the disc that plays his own music. Well, the job from the it, jockey, yes, or the disc is hired for let people make fun, and he makes music that he likes, but he does not see that nobody's dancing. Yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> so I mean,
0: the interviewer, what we do here, it's a little bit too. To Catch the public, eh? yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: I, I thought you were going to drop your golden gem line there, where you said in
0: dog training, your job is to remain unfucked, stay unfucked, <laughs> stay unfucked. Well, yeah. Well, you must stay unfucked. I did think this uh, last five days. I he dropped at what two. Two, two times I think. Really? You must stay oh, I definitely got once. And in Australia, they say that we say you must stay unfucked. The Australians say you must stay unfucked. <laughs> I, I cannot repeat it. It looks stay like unfucked, another word.
2: Yeah. Mark, thanks for thanks for
3: sitting in. Thanks for coming in. Yeah, out. thanks, Mark. Uh, I, it's been an honor. I appreciate it. Truly appreciate it. You guys do a great job with the program. I listen to it as much as possible, especially when I'm driving Thank and uh, now I've got a. 23 hour flight back. So I'm going to catch up on anything I haven't listened to lately, but Perfect. Uh, no, you guys are spot on with that stuff. And uh, you got a lot of fans in Canada and you got a lot of fans in the United States that are listening. So keep up the good work. Thanks, thank Blake. you.
2: Yeah. Appreciate it. Really appreciate it. Before we do wrap up, I just want to take the opportunity. Thank you very much for everything you've done for me. It's been, to be honest, it's really changed my life over the last few years at, you know, I laugh about my, I'm raising a nepopo child as well, but it's the, the system has changed my life. It is a lifestyle. It's given me opportunities to, you know, go places and do things that I wouldn't have dreamt of having the opportunity to do without having learned from you. So thank you. I owe you a lot. I really appreciate it. All right. I'm going to wrap it up. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thank you. That's it for another episode of the Canine Paradigm. As always, if you like what you hear, like, rate, share, subscribe, do that through whatever subscription service you download us from. If you want to support the show, the best way to do that is via Patreon. Three bucks a month gets you an extra episode a month and 10 bucks gets you a live Q&A. Oh, we had a massive donation
1: through Patreon. Yeah, we have to follow that
2: up and see whether it's legit.
1: Yeah, I can't believe it. Like, We actually put a... Like an end figure of. uh, Well, we made
2: we made the joke the other day. We have a five hundred dollar tier, and if anybody wants to sign up for that, they get a hug and a kiss. And somebody signed (laughs) up for it.
0: Remember, from kissing comes. (laughs) <laughs> well
2: we didn't we didn't agree to that but we might if we put another couple of zeros on the end of that then i'm up for anything yeah <laughs> so yeah that's Pat's always got his figure that's
1: pretty amazing we just got to make sure that's legit yeah yeah we... but well it's legit so far it's showing yeah. up we just got to see whether it yeah. it follows through but so thank um, you to the person who did it We'll be naming you all
2: over the place when we know it wasn't an accident you clicked the wrong button. Well, we get to interview you as well. Yeah, that was part of the deal. Mm. And if you want to get in contact with us, the best way to do that is via email. We are info at thecanineparadigm.com. That's it. Glenn, music.